Unreal. Uncensored. Unradio. Cliffcentral.com. San Monane, <laughs> as Andrew Levy would say. Thank you, Rory, for representing the Zulus. I appreciate it, even though you're not. It's okay. Sabon, yeah. Andrew Levy. Sabon. Okay. Good thing, okay. Good thing. Now we really are swapping it up. Eh? Do you yeah, want to yeah, do yeah, uh, ah, yeah, yeah. uh, nah. nah. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> so, hello, welcome to the show. It is nine o'clock on Cliff Central. Uh, you're with Rory Sung and uh, Andrew Levy here, as always, talking about the things that you've always thought but were too afraid to say. Uh, we have a very, very interesting guest in studio. I'm very excited. I'm Sh- very show excited. Me. Show me. No, I'm, I'm just saying I'm excited. You know, Say like, something to show me excited. <laughs> um, thank you so much to Gareth and the gang back again tomorrow. We are talking BEE. Um, not the bees that you see outside, but BEE, Black Economic Empowerment, the new regulations that have come into effect. How are they affecting you? Um, if you're white, are you not able to get a job? If you're black, are you starting to benefit in the economy? Uh, we want to hear from you. 0861555189. Of course, we're on WeChat as well. And uh, we are also on Twitter at Rory Chabalala and Yebo underscore Levy. I'm glad I just got that all out of the way. Yes. Now that we're that, done, that was, let's get into the fun geez. stuff. Let's get into the real that fun stuff. That was exhausting. Stuff. I must be honest. All right, Rory, talk to us a, a little bit about your personal thoughts on this stuff. Before we, we speak to our guests. Well, has BE been successful? I think that's, that, that's a question that, that has to be asked. And overwhelmingly, you're getting, you know, a lot of commentators saying, no, it has not been successful. It has failed. And two, a lot of people who are saying it, it, it hurts the economy. We, we were supposed to have people here that were supposed to put that argument forward, but they heard that, uh, Mr. Mangi is, is coming and they, they decided that they were not going to spar with him. Maybe not this morning. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so the, here's the issue, right? So the economy has asset owners. These are the people that hold capital. What do they do? They give their money to asset managers, right? So that is banks. They put their money in the banks. They put their money uh, with asset managers like your Sunlum, your Investex and so on. Venture capital, private equity firms, Mm -hmm. those firms take the money and they invest them in companies, right? So they either give companies loans or they give or they invest in the equity of those companies. Right. Those companies take the money, they buy machines and using those machines, they make profits. And what do they do? They take the profits and they give them back to those asset managers to make more money, to make more money. Right. Now, here's the problem. Uh, uh, an asset management company called 27.4 Investments does this annual BEE economics survey. Mm. And according to them, there's about 6.5 trillion rand that's circulating in this cycle, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, managed by asset managers who then invested on behalf of asset owners. 6.5 trillion. Of that, only 4.4% is managed by black asset managers, right? Mm. 4.4% of the 6.5 trillion rand is managed by black asset managers. So they take this money and they invest it in companies. Which companies do you think they invest in? Are they investing in black companies or are they investing in white companies, right? Mostly white companies. So what that does is there is no money for a young black person to start a company or grow a company. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of money circulating in white hands while we're complaining about having a black manager, you know, we're complaining about having a black CEO. What difference does it make? What difference has it made? 
and that is why I'm so excited about speaking to 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 Mzwanele Mangi. Um, and, and just finding out, you know, wh- what's the deal? And whose fault is it that the system just continues to be the way it is? Because the way it looks like to, to, to most people, black and white. So from a white perspective, they're looking at it and saying, this thing is, is, is locking me out the economy. I'm not getting to participate. I don't have a job. And, and others are saying, wait a minute, but you know, white unemployment is not like it's shooting through the roof. Black unemployment is going up. So what do you mean that BE is hurting you? On the other side, you've got black people who are saying, well, I'm not a beneficiary. There's only a few people who benefited and I'm not one of them. So this presents very interesting sort of conversations um, around, you know, has this thing been successful? And if it hasn't, whose fault is it? And do you think that the proposed changes will actually make a change to to this well, look, system that you're talking the about? The proposed changes say that 50%, so, so price will no longer account for 90% of government procurement decision, right? So under so, ten million, let's keep yeah, it. Yeah, under ten million, yep. right? Uh, it will now be fifty percent. In other words, um, transformation or BE, as 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 we would say, uh, is going to count a lot more. Now we've got the Institute of Race Relations that's been complaining about that. You know, they say it will inflate prices. It's not fair, and so on. So you still have corporate South Africa as well, kicking and screaming. Um, you know, being dragged kicking and screaming. If you remember the show. Uh, with Deborah Patter, where, where she said, you know, why has, why does corporate South Africa need laws to be imposed on it, uh, for it to just play ball? And once again, you're seeing the law in effect being extended because corporate South Africa is apparently not, not playing ball. So this, 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 this makes for, for an interesting conversation and, and a lot of questions that I think even as young people, you know, a lot of young people are like, dude, I was not there. Uh, in apartheid, why am I having mm. to suffer this thing called BE? So I've been unbelievably quiet in the last twelve minutes because, you know, for me, I'm saying, you know, mm. like, um, and that's probably because I didn't understand half of what you just said. But, I just, <laughs> but, I think the interesting thing for me is the following: of the six point five trillion rand that you were speaking about, that's circumnavigating the the economy in South Africa at the moment. How much of that is you know, you talked about asset owners. How much of that is sitting in the black asset owner space? Yeah, so because the, asset, yeah, black yeah, yeah. asset managers, yes, that's one thing. Because we all know about how humanity works, right? You work with people who think like you, who you have relationships with, who you went to the same schools with, universities, so on. So these kind of cycles continue, right? Um, so in order for to for us to break that, we do need people who are managing the money to actually then make different decisions. But how much of that capital is sitting with black asset owners? So, so asset owners, what do we mean by asset owners, right? And I'm so, asking so you because you've done a thesis on this. That's why I'm uh, asking wait, you. Wait, 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 wait. Let's not get into it. <laughs> what's what, you, you, you hanging my no, underwear I want, out I want, in public? I want, people, what's wrong with I want people to know that you're an expert in no, this, no, that no. you're not so, just talking so, for cuff. So, so by asset owners, we mean me and you, right? Ultimately, it's me and you and it's companies. Right. So they, they own, they have money and that mm. money, they put it in banks and they put it elsewhere or they put it in pension funds. The biggest asset owners are pension funds. Those are the people that we put money in. The largest asset owner is, is, is the government's, um, 
Pension Fund Manager, um, PIC, mm-hmm. Public Investment yes. Corporation, in Africa, right? So they're taking all of that money and they're saying, okay, we need to grow this money. We need to make sure that by the time that Rory retires, uh, there's still money. It hasn't been eaten away by inflation and so on. So they go and they find companies to invest in so that the profits can grow that, that, that money and make sure that Rory has a pension at the end. Now, the issue is that in deciding where to invest that money, uh, they, they look and they say, okay, where, where, now imagine it's your pension. So you don't want them messing around, right? Mm-hmm. So they're very strict around risk and so on. And reward, yeah. Now, here's the issue. If, 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 if you have, or maybe it's a question to say, if you are, if you don't come, let's say, from, from a township, how much risk do you see, uh, perceive to be in township? So would you invest in a township if you, if you don't come from a township? You have no background in township. All you've ever seen of township is what you see on TV. Mm. What would your perception of risk of investing in township be? So for example, building, uh, um, uh, like flats and so on for people mm-hmm. to live in because you don't understand it. Mm. So your perception of risk is so high that you're like, oh, no, we won't touch that. Yeah. I'm just going to take that money and build another building or tear down an existing building in Santon and build another one. Mm-hmm. Right? That's, 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 that's less risk that's than doing it. But as a black guy who's grown up in the township, I'm like, no, man. You know, township isn't what you think it is. But again, I only manage 4.4% of that. And even those 4.4%, they come from Standard Bank. They come from all of these different asset managers, right? So they just do a cut and paste of what they learned, where they came from. And they don't fundamentally change uh, the investment patterns. They don't decide that, you know what, we're going to take this money and we're going to invest it in um, Cebu Ciso Construction because uh, we have invested enough in SAB, we've got enough exposure, we're now going to invest in Cebu Ciso Construction. That company deserves to grow. All right. I think that it's important to realize what we're saying here is that I think, Rory, and please tell me if, you're wrong, if I'm wrong, that we have a problem not only with BEE, the change of the or the the quality of playing fields, but actually that white is institutionalized in uh, South Africa specifically. That's the problem. So 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 this is so when you say BEE has failed, that those statistics make me feel like yes, it seems to have. So yes, we have more black managers, but if you are a black manager, but you cannot make decisions on how capital in your company is allocated. Mm. And and you cannot make decisions. Even BE, so-called BE investment companies, if you look at the companies they're investing in, so let's say round one of BE, they invested in white companies, right? They got their investment returns, and now they're sitting on a pile of money. Look at the companies that they take that money and, and invest it in. They go mm. back to other white companies and invest it. Now, what's the effect of that? Is it wrong to invest in white companies? Of course not. But what's the effect of that? It means that black companies are constantly deprived of the capital that they need to grow. And you're never going to grow off working capital. It's never going to happen. Mm. Uh, so, so, so where then do you get money? You go to NEF, you go to government, but you can't access that meaningful capital. I mean, Capitec. Capitec is an interesting example. It's it's the one of the more recent banks that was launched. How expensive it is to launch a bank? Could any black person or black company have launched? It takes to just deposit a deposit to launch a bank is two hundred and fifty million rand. Who's got two hundred and fifty million rand and is sitting on it? PSG, which 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 owns Kuro and Capitec and so on, found two hundred and fifty million rand and set up a bank. And guess who who's putting most of their money in that bank? Hmm. Black people. Hmm. 
<laughs> so, so, and then what happens? And so, Andrew Levy. So, so black people get a little interest. <laughs> and one white guy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You, Their rates are the good, man. One. What can we say? Their rates yeah, so, are good. So, do you see how, you know, yes, we might have more black managers and so on, but ultimately, where are we putting money and where is that money ending up? The structure of the economy has not changed, and that is why the argument that BE has failed. All right, so that's how we start the show. It's a it's a long-winded but very interesting conversation. Rory's very passionate about this. Um, as I said, he did do his thesis on this, so he's very in, very involved, and he knows what he's talking about here. We are talking about BE. Has it failed? What are your thoughts? Give us a give us a shout. Uh, let us know on Twitter. A lot of comments coming through about what Rory's saying already. Let's introduce the next box into the ring here, because I must be honest. Before I've even met you, your name feels like a boxing name, and then you then you went back to your original name. So now I'm feeling like a bit of Muhammad Ali going on here, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Money. Yes, sir. Money, money, Mayweather, money. Um, how are you today? No, very well, and you. I so just recovering from flu. From flu, mm. it feels like it. Eh? I yeah. saw you sniffling around. Um, we are speaking to Mr. I'm going to say this, Mzwanele Jimmy Mani. A lot of people would have known him as Mr. Jimmy Mani, um, but he's changed his name. Let's talk about that quickly um, because, you know, white people call you Jimmy. Everyone else calls you Mzwanele. Let's talk about why are, you changed your name. Are you calling all of us everyone else? Who? <laughs> are you saying white people call you Jimmy and everyone else? So we, we, are you, are you you're calling right. it? Sorry. So we're everyone else. Sorry, sorry, you're right. Former blacks also call you Jimmy. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> right, so let's talk. Yeah, um, yeah. Why the name change? Why yeah. the name back to the original name? I know yeah. that sounds stupid, but why? Okay. Now, firstly, let's just say I didn't change the name. I'm just using one of my other names. And my other name is Mzwana Lemani. Uh, well, that came about, I think, really uh, with the advent of the Roads Must Fall campaign. I thought that was a very powerful campaign to start to decolonize the country. Uh, clearly, the reason I was called Jimmy was just to make it easy for Andrew to call me. Uh, so I have come to a stage in my life where I think it is important for everyone to be who they are. Mm. And who I am, I'm a, an African, and my name is Mzwanele. And uh, yeah, and uh, I'm sure Andrew can uh, say Mzwanele. And uh, if I can say uh, Stian Bokir Kreng, Surely you can say Mzwanele. <laughs> I can't even say that. Mzwanele, <laughs> <laughs> you are the yeah. president of the Progressive Professionals Forum. Yes. Uh, this is coming out of a stint at BMF. Why is this not a duplication of, of what BMF is? What What's different about the Progressive Professionals Forum to what the BMF does? Yeah, not a stint in BMF. Quite a long Quite time. A lo- the the longest serving president of the BMF? Correct. Yes. Six years and uh, I still uh, the reigning title on this one. Yes. Uh, yeah, but be that as it may, the fundamental difference really is that uh, uh, the BMF is uh, a non-partisan organization. Mm. And the uh, PPF is not non-partisan. We are unashamedly, unashamedly uh, pro-ANC. We think the ANC is the best thing since a slice of bread. Uh, but I still continue to be a member of the BMF. So there's no bad blood. Okay. So, so you, in past interviews and so on, you have, you have uh, shown or you have been unhappy with being described as black. You have simply wanted to be referred to as Tosa. What's wrong with... I don't know about that. I heard that from Trevor Manuel for the first time. Yes. I've never, never, ever. There's no such a thing. So you, you proudly identify yourself as black. Maybe more African. African. What's the difference? Look, I think if you go to everywhere else in the world, there are Germans, uh, there are uh, Americans, there are Indians, there are Chinese... 
or the Japanese, what's wrong with African? Would you consider me being African? You are not African. Why not? You are not African. I think we can we can we can be nice and make an ordinary an ordinary African. <laughs> no, 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 I, I want to hear the truth. I mean, this is well, I'm radio. Truth. Tell uh, me. I, I I identify with how the African National Congress defines an African. Yes. African ANC has defined an African, and they've defined an African as all those uh, uh, people in this country that uh, I mean I haven't got the list here, but uh, all those that were called Bantus, mm-hmm. if you like. Yeah, the, the Zulus, Tosas, Sutus, uh, Tongas, Vendas, Ndebeles, Swazis. I mustn't leave one out. Uh, that list. And then also the Koi and the Sons. Uh, those are the, those are the true Africans in terms of the African National Congress definition. You are a, uh, a descendant, uh, of the, of the Europeans. Mm. Yeah, that's what it is. And, uh, but you are a truly South African. All of us are South Africans, no problems. But don't confuse being a South African being with being an African. Um, so in that, you did not mention Chinese, for example. Um, or Indians. Or Indians. Um, now, talking about today's show, BEE, we know that uh, the BEE dispensation covers those as, as being black, so to say. Um, how do you feel about that? Is that, is that incorrect? No, let's, 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 let's correct this thing. Yeah. In terms of the law, black is a generic term uh, that includes Africans, colors, and Indians. Uh, what I was describing was, was Africans. African, yes, yes. So, so, so Indians are a part of the black group. Uh, colors are part of the black group. Uh, Chinese is not just Chinese. It's a very specific uh, segment of the Chinese that were here way back then. There's, a, there's an actual even a finite number. So there must be no confusion that you can land up here from Beijing and be part of BE. No, it's not like it's not the case. Mm. It's those Chinese that were here many years ago. If you ask Bezos, he'll give you the number. It's probably two hundred and fifty thousand of them or something to that effect. Mm. Some number is ascribed to that. So the confusion mustn't be sown that uh, being Chinese is enough. No, it's not enough. It's got to be those people that uh, George Bezos can. <laughs> Can I ask a question? What do you, and it's a little bit tangent, uh, to this BE debate, but I'm just interested. We, we hear in America, black Americans call themselves African American. What are your thoughts on that? Are they American? Are they African? How do you feel about it? They are, are they cit- both, uh, they what, are what are citizens. Your thoughts? They are citizens of America, no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. But they owe their roots to this continent. You must remember, I mean, they were physically taken from here. Mm-hmm. I mean, why are we confused about this? They, it, this was a physical act taken from West Africa, from all parts of Africa, shipped to America. So the fact that you've been shipped to America cannot uh, remove your roots of you being an African. Okay, fair enough. Now, bringing it back to the, the topic under discussion today, BEE, uh, has it failed? And, and, you know, has it benefited white people more than it has benefited black people? If, if we're just to be honest. I think, firstly, uh, maybe that uh, the discussion, when it started, started the way it started, because it actually is a problem. The problem is that everyone that talks about BEE is actually located on one of the seven elements, and this is the biggest weakness even with the Institute of Race Relations. They have not understood the concept at all. Mm. They continue to confuse and mislead people. 
BE is seven elements. I mean, the whole discussion you had of mandated investments and all of that is all located in one and one and only element. And yet BE is a much more broader concept. It talks to seven issues. Uh, it talks to ownership. It talks to employment equity. It talks to enterprise development. It talks to procurement. It talks to skills development. It talks to socioeconomic development. No one talks about broad-based BE and talks to all those elements. Everyone say BE, BE, and then when you listen to the detail, it narrows onto the one element. It cannot be that the one element and all its problems must then rubbish the whole program. If you ask me, uh, there are about four, there are about four audiences for BE. The first audience uh, in no particular order are the investors. So that is the audience that talks to the, uh, the ownership element, if you like. And then you've got another audience, which is your employees. And that is your, where the, 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 uh, the element of employment equity comes in. Now it's very important as I pause here for a second to know that it's impossible that all black people in this country are going to become business people. It's never going to be. There are people who have made a conscious decision to be employees. There are people who think that it's better for them to have an eight to five job, to have leave, etc., etc., to be a corporate uh, animals, uh, if you like. There are people who have made that strategic decision. So you can't then want those people to be uh, business people or otherwise. They've just decided to be employees. So that's another category. Thirdly, you have entrepreneurs, uh, which are people that would be benefiting from the two elements, which is enterprise development and procurement. So those are the people that would be benefiting in that space. And then we have the people that everybody says they are not benefiting from this. The poorest of the poor. And those people are benefiting on the element called socioeconomic development. Now, if you are to look at the trilogue figures, which is the one credible organization in this country that uh, uh, tracks the uh, 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 corporate social responsibility spend uh, of companies, if you look at that company, if you look at what they've, they, they, they've, they've mapped out, look at the rate of expenditure of corporate social investment before 2007 when the codes were enacted, uh, as it were. You look at that, it's probably average rate of about 3% or something. But look at the rate between 2007 to date, you will find an exponential growth of corporate social responsibility, which means that as a result of BEE, Companies now are consciously uh, making efforts to make sure that the poorest of the poor mm. are also sorted. Lastly, then the <laughs> issue of skills <laughs> development. Okay. The focus that companies has now on skills development is more than ever before. Mm. And this is a benefit. So I'm saying when we talk BE, let's not narrow and uh, have the beginning and the end of the argument just on the ownership mm-hmm. and then rubbish the whole program. Good. Okay. I agree with that. But let, let me push you for an answer here. BE as it stood as a part of what you built when you were in government in that uh, specific space in labor, has it failed? In your mind, has it failed? No, because this is what happened. So that it, it has not failed. It has not failed. Mm-hmm. It has not failed. But if your understanding of BE is narrow, you might have problems. But if you understood BE for what it is, what did you, in the, in the initial days, you must remember, we've moved and people are still locked into an old definition of BE. Mm-hmm. There was an old definition of BE which talked about narrow, narrow BE and whatever, where 26% stood and all that, where the 
whole concept was purely based on the ownership element. We've moved since then to the broad-based BE with the seven elements which I've just gone through mm-hmm. now. Now, when we talk about BE and we say BE has failed, then you must explain to me why is it that we have so much in terms of the black middle class? If you look at the studies, what's that institution in Cape Town that has done all those studies around the black middle class? Uh, how, how come that is the case? How come of the 16 million odd people, the poorest of the poor, that before... Uh, before this, um, uh, before this, uh, uh, before the codes kicked in, were otherwise uh, in destitute. Today, uh, they are better off. If you look at the Goldman Sachs report and you look at the LSM improvement uh, if over the past ten odd years, you will see that uh, uh, there's a doubling up. People that were at LSM five are now at LSM eight, LSM ten, and all of that. Uh, so clearly. BE as a broad concept is a, is a success story, but there are various challenges that uh, we must own up to uh, that we can deal with. But I don't think it's an honest discussion to say, in fact, actually, this discussion about BE is a failure, is a deliberate strategy to make sure that we do not uh, restructure the economy. Because the whole focus now is on restructuring the economy. So all the proponents that want to maintain the status quo spread the gospel that the BE has failed so that we stop and take the, the, the foot off the pedal and then the status quo continues. Ramzanele, you speak about uh, these these elements of BEE, and uh, and you're saying that just a narrow focus on ownership is a problem. Yeah. Um, However, is that is that congruent with with uh, the the Freedom Charter? So the Freedom Charter says the people shall share in the country's wealth, the national wealth of our country, the heritage of South Africa shall be restored to the people, the mineral wealth beneath the soil, the banks and the monopoly industry shall be transferred to the ownership of the people as a whole. All other industry and trade trade shall be controlled to assist the well-being of people. All people have equal rights to trade where they choose to manufacture and to enter all trades, crafts, and professions. That's the Freedom Charter, the ANC Freedom Charter. Yes. Now, uh, if ownership is not an important element, well, it's an important element, but it's one of seven. But it seems to be that even in the Freedom Charter, it has been defined as the most important element. And we have seen, for example, the EFF building its whole thesis on economic freedom. All the others you speak about CSI. CSI is about exp- you've, you've, de- you've described expenditure. You have not described outcomes. When do we get to a point where those communities no longer need CSI to, to, to sustain themselves, where they feel that they are active owners in the economy? So is ownership not, not actually the issue? That, that, that for me feels like the issue. We can have CSI, you can give blankets, you can, but ultimately if people are still having to come to the same company and ask for blankets, then you have not empowered me. In fact, you have ju- you are just entrenching that system of me going with a begging bowl to companies and saying, give to me. All, all I'm asking, let's not be confused. Mm. We can have this discussion and give it a different uh, heading and, and go as far as we want to go. The issue I'm, I'm, I'm on about is that when you say broad-based BE, don't ascribe your own expedient meaning to it and then beat it to death. That's what I'm saying. Mm. Let's describe it for what it is and then deal with it as it is and then assess it as it is. What is currently happening is that people say BE 
And for me, Mzwanele Manyi, when you say PE, I see seven elements. Mm. But when I listen to the analysis of the failure, I only hear one element. Yes. That proves that's very disingenuous. So I'm saying, let's assess it in full. Let's account for all these black people that have become a better off as a result of employment equity. Let's account for all these black people that have become better as a result of skills development. And the list goes on. So that's what I'm saying. Let's assess it in full before we say it's a failure. But right now we're not doing that. We just pick one element and and and, and then we say the thing's a failure. That is a very expedient argument. So so let us let us put bluntly, we're not saying that BE is a failure. We're exploring whether it is or not. So it's interesting that you're saying it's not. Um it's, but it says it is. The, well, we're not we're not <laughs> responding on on the the IR. They've got their own okay. vibe going. So so please don't take us wrong. We want to explore it um, in its totality. The seven yeah. elements. You know, uh, you've quoted before about President Lyndon Johnson saying you you can't take a man hobbled by chains for a hundred years and in our case three hundred years, set him free, then say you are free to compete and believe you are being fair. Correct. Love that comment uh, by Lyndon Johnson. Um, if you've never watched the movie Selma, it'll give you a lot of understanding as to where Lyndon was coming from. But let's talk about some of those elements that you spoke about. Like ownership is one thing, but let's talk about the masses in South Africa, predominantly black, who are still poor, unemployed, uneducated, without hope, without job, without opportunities. And this BEE thing really hasn't supported them in getting anywhere. The average government job lasts 45 days. So... I agree with you that a change has happened and obviously more can be done and that's important. But has BE helped the person who lives in Shoshanguva, who lives in Alex, who lives in Deep Sloot and get them in any way, not only a, a participant in the economy, but an owner of some part of the economy? Because wasn't that part of the job was to say, we're going to level the playing fields, but we're also going to give opportunities for all. You, you must remember that uh, BE did not happen in a vacuum. It happened in a particular context and is being permanently sabotaged right through. So as you talk about the success of the BE, you must also talk about what is it that has been actively done to undermine it. Mm-hmm. One of the things that had been done to undermine BE is this thing called uh, uh, funding, uh, as it were. Mm-hmm. This is why now today we have to sit down again, change the law, to make sure that fronting is let's uh, just explain what fronting is for for listeners. Yeah, fronting is a situation where you you give an impression that you have a a black sh- black shareholder uh, when in fact they are just there on paper, but in fact they are actually not uh, a, a, a black shareholder. There's some kind of a fuzzy scheme that uh, is done mm-hmm. to give the impression that you actually own when you don't own. Uh, you you you're there by name. You might even uh, not even knowing. You may you may even be a gardener, uh, <laughs> unknowing that you're actually a chairman of the organization, uh, as it was. So right. all, all okay. those kinds Good. of schemes uh, that have been there to just give the impression that yeah we are black owned and so on. When in fact uh, there is nothing of the such. So that's the one thing. So let's understand that uh, BE has been sabotaged right through. Let's understand the role of transfer pricing in undermining BE. How did that happen with transfer pricing? What organizations do? They, 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 they sell their products, uh, elsewhere at, uh, at, uh, well, they set up other companies, as it were. Uh, they set up other companies off- offshore and then they sell their products to those companies at next to nothing prices. What that does, it does three things. One, the first thing it does is that uh, it deflates the earnings of that company 
And then as it does so, it means from a fiscal's point of view, the fiscal is robbed. And the next thing, uh, the, uh, the next thing that happens as a result of that is that if you are a BE uh, shareholder of that company, because the earnings are, are, are deflated, it means everybody can see that, well, looks this in here, Sipo, uh, as you can see that we have not made money, so there's no money to declare dividends, and therefore you continue to owe us, and the compound interest continues, and uh, you are not, you are not able to, uh, to service your, your debt. And it also means that uh, then companies also begin to say to their rock drillers out there that, uh, listen, chaps, as you can see, we're not making money on this uh, and therefore don't want uh, uh, these uh, high salaries uh, because we're not making money. So I think as we discuss these issues, we must be very focused to say, what is it that corporate South Africa has been doing to undermine PE? Uh, and, 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 and therefore, when people say it has failed, is it because uh, these undermining tactics have uh, have gone the upper hand, or has the program actually failed? So I think I think for me it's two things. One, I think we've had a lot of time spent by corporates trying to undermine PE instead of just doing the right thing. Uh, and there's evidence on on this, whether it's uh, fronting, whether it's transfer pricing, uh, and so on. But PE, uh, as it were. I think it has it it has really uh, it can improve, but uh, it it's it it has made a difference. And I think the 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 last child the last issue I want to mention on this is that the problem is the time spent given to it. You must understand that uh, the first law came out only in two thousand three two thousand four, uh, broad based BE Act, and the actual detail of how it should uh, unfold only came out in two thousand and seven. So actually, still early days. And for people to be huffing and puffing uh, so early, uh, it's actually silly. Is it is it easy to say that? Uh, so so because uh, you know some might say you are part of this political elite that has benefited uh, perhaps from from BEE. Would would the miners on Marikana, the Lonman miners, agreed with you that BEE has been a good story to tell, and that we we are we should wait until this policy starts to kick in and we start to see the effects. Is this, is this really something that the broad swath of, of the South African society, particularly black South African society, particularly those miners, can they say that yes BE is working for us? Yeah, look, I think firstly, Mzwanele um, Mani is a serious product of affirmative action. Uh, I think the positions I've heard in the corporates and elsewhere, if it was not because of the African National Congress laws of affirmative action, I wouldn't have made it. Uh, I think uh, it must be very clear to all the black execs out there that uh, they are a grudge purchase, uh, so they must not get confused. Uh, <laughs> if there was a, a, a way in which they could be avoided, they would have been avoided. In fact, you can even see with the roles uh, that we play in this uh, in this corporate. You are either a corporate affairs person, like I've been most of my life, uh, or you are some government liaison, or you are some all of these uh, staff roles. So, so, so that's the first point is to say there's evidence that you are there just because uh, you have to, otherwise you would not want to have you there. So that's the first point. Uh, I think it's important therefore to, to, uh, to understand that whilst we are there, we must not, that's why even today I'm still on this subject to say, that BE is important because I'm interested in making sure that uh, we uplift uh, uh, the people. Skills development 
is a, is, is a cross-cutting issue. It's not an elitist issue. It's an issue that says, how do you make sure that uh, people on the ground, they get skilled so that they can be promoted? Because people say they haven't got skills. So that's why you have that skills element to make sure that people are given their required skills so that they are promoted. You must understand that the fundamental difference between Employment Equity and Job Preservation Act, Job Preservation Act, all you had to do was just to be white. Okay, but with employment equity, we have to be suitably qualified. So therefore, the skills element is there to boost the suitability of a person, uh, as it were. So, so I would say that uh, indeed, uh, BE properly understood in its broadest context is the best thing ever uh, that this country has ever had, and we have to support uh, the proper implementation of BE, and we have to uh, expose the people that uh, are continuously undermining BE and continuously bad-mouthing it, like the Institute of Race Relations. I don't think anyone should take them seriously. Mm, but but the people, the, the, the miners uh, in Marikana were not, were not uh, striking about uh, skills. They were striking about money. Um, transfer so, pricing. So, so, no, they were not. Stri- they were not no, striking no. about transfer pricing. No, no, either. that's they the effects of transfer pricing. So, so, they, so, so, so the issue is that for 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 you've spoken about the execs who are grudge purchase, but for the ordinary person on the street, uh, what has been the effect of BE in their life? If you look at the Goldman uh, Sachs report, you'll be able to to see this. Uh, the Goldman Sachs report tracks a whole range of variables. I just don't have it in front of me mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. But if you were to look at that, to look at the variables uh, in there, you will see that uh, indeed uh, a lot has been done, although challenges ahead are still enormous. But uh, it would be a blue lie to say that the BE has not impacted the poor communities. You must understand also how the social uh, setup is, 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 is put together. For every black executive that has uh, gotten there or a senior manager, it means you, is, that's got a multiply effect on its own because you're not just an island. You are connected to your family and uh, paying and black tax, that. huh? Yeah, black, black tax, <laughs> indeed. Uh, there are a lot of us, you know, the reason most black execs are not as wealthy as white execs is because black people have got to support their families as it were. So therefore those families have indirectly benefited because one of their own is now in the four by four space. Uh, and there, as a result of that, they have also benefited. If it was not for that, it would have meant the whole family is doomed. And you must not take that lightly. So for every black you see there driving a BMW, you must know that a, a, a huge family in Orange Farm or elsewhere is benefiting. Mm. So there is that uh, indirect benefit that, uh, that, that accrues. Okay. I want to uh, just uh, remind our listeners out there, we're speaking about uh, the BEE. Has it failed or has it been a success? We've got Mzwanele, uh, Jimmy Mani. I'm just saying Jimmy because people know you back then. Uh, he is, he is an expert on, on this, uh, on this. He's been part of the original discussions around BEE. He was part of the original, uh, group that built BEE, uh, back in the day. There's been this interesting discussion on transfer prices and the average worker. Now, in the new BE codes, triple BE codes, it seems like it's unfavorable for, to, have what's called employee share schemes, right? Which is basically the employees of that company benefit from uh, being black in the company instead of getting a BEE partner who has a potential, you know, Sura Ramposa or Tokyo or whoever you want to say, 
coming in at that board level. Surely that's counterproductive. You know, we, we spoke about corporates not doing enough, and I actually agree with you there. I don't think corporates have done enough. But surely an employee working scheme like we've seen with MTN, like we've seen with Sassel, benefits those people at a much higher level, benefits more people, the thousands of people that work at Sassel, the, the, the thousands or hundreds of thousands of people that work at MTN. Surely it benefits them more than having one guy on the board at the, at the highest level. Yeah, I think let's uh, demystify this. Two things. Firstly, I think uh, you would know that the minister is still uh, waiting for a report from the 30 people he has appointed to deal with this matter. Mm -hmm. So the jury is still uh, out on this. Okay, that's fair enough. Uh, And and, and the issue that I think the department are trying to deal with uh, in this this matter is that is the realization that entrepreneurship is not a church choir concept. Entrepreneurship is an individual that wakes up, is an individual with a burning desire to succeed against all odds. So I think they were trying to address this issue. Mm. Rupert is not a church. He is an individual. Kos Becker is an individual. So you, it takes those kinds of individuals to be able to build empires. Um, who's a Microsoft boss? Um, Gates. Bill Bill Gates, Gates. all of those people, Mm. those are individuals. So it takes an individual to be able to build an empire. I think they were trying to create a balance. You need to have a balance on this. This notion that when you are black into the BE space, you must always be a church is another notion that uh, seeks to make sure that you cap the black development, you cap the black rise. It's, 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 It's a concept that says, you must all get 10 rent, 10 rent, 10 rent, 10 rent, 10 rent. Not one of you must have a thousand rent. Mm. So it's a, it's, it's, it's a system uh, that uh, continues to balkanize uh, black people and keep them uh, where you, they are in check, as it were. So it's, a, it's, it's almost a notion that is protesting against black, black billionaires. We do want black billionaires unashamedly so. Mm. We do want a lot more Patrice Mutsipas, a lot more Ramaposas, and so on. Without those, uh, we, we, we will not have mm. proper role models. So them, and by the way, it's important to know that all of this, all of these, uh, uh, black entrepreneurs that are sometimes stigmatized, uh, they are still within a under 5% of the JSE, mm. uh, as it were. We're sitting with a stock exchange that is like tri- more than 11 trillions of rands. And that's where the focus should be. Not that we now have a Patrice, now we have a Ramaphosa. That is a non-issue. It's a red herring, uh, as it were. The focus should be how 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 long is it going to take us to have a thousand more that's what we're looking for. Mm. Let's talk about uh, white young people who are sitting there and saying BEE is depriving me of job opportunities, is depriving me of business opportunities. Uh, do you feel that is that is accurate? And and has BEE, you know, where does it leave the, the white person? Some might say it's actually putting white people in a position where they either have to leave the country or go into entrepreneurship, while black people are stuck with catering tenders and cleaning tenders, uh, which they cannot export. So, so where does the white person sit, and and what's the effect on that of that on the economy? Yeah, I'm I'm glad to ask this question because it's another confusion that uh, these extremist groups like Institute of Race Relations <laughs> and uh, Afri Forum and Solidarity they punt. 
and they continuously mislead the public. What is a black company? A black company is a 51% black-owned company. Who is a 49%? It's white. White people in this country constitute something like 10% of the economic active population. Yet we say that when we talk about a black company, you're talking about 50, 51% uh, black ownership and 49% white. So what is racist about that? What is excluding people, white people about that? You know, when we talk about employment equity, we talk about also in proportion to your own uh, economic active population. It's a fairer system ever. It's an inclusive system, actually. It's not uh, about being anti-anybody. It's about saying, let the cake of South Africa be equitably distributed. In fact, at 51.49, it's not even an equitable distribution, but it just shows that the whole notion is about making sure that Black people must also be active participant of the economy. So are white people, are, are you saying white people are, are still fine? Or are, oh, they, yes. are they better off since BE or are they worse off? Uh, in fact, they're much better off. Uh, in fact, business, if they're honest with themselves, business has actually benefited far better than the actual, the, the, um, than black people, if you like. In terms of, in rent terms. Firstly, even if you look at professional firms, and you look at all these guys that have been doing structuring, uh, the legal firms have seriously creamed it. Uh, all these corporate finance uh, boutiques, they've creamed it, and they're largely white firms. So they've really made money in, the, in this thing. In fact, when you say a BE company, you cannot complete that sentence without having white people. A BE company are actually non-racial. The BE company, it means... 51% black, 49% white. So as this thing proceeds, white people are equal or even better beneficiaries in this. So the notion that this is anti-white uh, is actually a lie. There's no such a thing. Mwele um, Zimbeki, the, the, the brother of the former president, Thabo uh, Mbeki, uh, says, BE tells blacks you don't have to build your own business, you don't have to take risk, the whites will give you a job and shares in the company. Uh, I blame the ANC for buying into the story that instead of blacks working hard, they should be given a free ride. What do you say to that? No, I think uh, he's confused. Uh, he's totally confused. <laughs> uh, he doesn't understand the concept. But he sucked he suck on the breast of, 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 of liberation directly. What do you mean that a man like that could no, be confused? No, he's totally confused. Trust me. He's <laughs> totally confused. I think it's important to, to, to understand that when you talk about the, the, uh, the restructuring of the economy, there is no way we can say that the 11 trillion stock exchange must just continue in right hands and BE must start their SMEs. And it can't be either or. It's got to be both. It's got to be both. Uh, we need to build new black companies. Uh, by the way, as I said before, when I say black, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a non-racial term to even say that because black company in terms of the law is 51% black, 49% white. So even that is not uh, excluding white people. But we need to build more new black firms, but it will be a, 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 a big mistake to leave out the, um, the already established, uh, 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 white companies out there. So even they must, uh, uh, be transformed and uh, be part of the new South Africa. Okay. We're running out of time, unfortunately, but I want to ask one last question, um, directly related to your, your friends who you wanted to have the boxing match with, the Institute for Race Relations. They stipulated that according to the new plan, government tenders up to 10 million will, will in future be evaluated only on 50% of the price. 
um, with preferential rating on for black economic empowerment being now 50% as well. Do you think, and, and they've said here, that that will now lead to a huge price hike for government uh, spending? Do you think that that's true? Is there any validity in that? What are your thoughts on it? Uh, look, all I know is that uh, the triple PFA, as things stand, is under review. Uh, uh, there's all kinds of uh, inputs that are being made to to transform it. Uh, as things stand right now, the triple PFA is actually benefiting established white business. So that must change. So the process to change that is still moving. So I don't understand where they get that. Uh, I like what you've done here. The whole the whole interview, Mr. Mani, you've said things that are a little bit dodgy, that are a little bit controversial. You've been like, those are under review, which are really No, but, like. but it's the truth. It's the truth. Troop PFA, troop PFA, as we stand right now, is the law. But that is under review. It's a fact. It is being uh, transformed to be able to respond to some of the issues that uh, have been raised against it. This is a f- you can check me out. It mm. is a fact. So, so don't say it's dodgy. There's uh, nothing <laughs> no, dodgy about No, I didn't use this. that term. I didn't use dodgy. Okay, don't, whatever <laughs> term you've used. But it's a fact that as we speak right now, the National Treasury is dealing with submissions on how to uh, reform. Uh, in fact, if you ask me, I would say repeal uh, this thing. So, last question, uh, Mr. Mangi. Uh, is BE a racist policy, ultimately? Uh, the Institute for Race Relations, for example, says that um, we should be rather focusing on EED, which is empowerment of uh, the previously or, or the economically disadvantaged, not to just anybody. Um, you know, do, do you feel that BE is actually racist and it's, it's aimed at uh, depriving white people of their, their, their place in the sun in South Africa, um, and then is aimed at just elevating black people uh, to the detriment of white people and the economy. Only a racist can say BE is racist. Only a racist can say that. If you look at the facts, what are the facts? They, there's various categorization of the uh, BE um, uh, uh, categories. You look at the what is called exempted micro enterprises, small businesses, up to 10 million. You could be as white as it comes. You are considered exempt from this. So that those white business people that run coffee shops, that run all other businesses that to 10 million turnover, those people are considered fully compliant. What is racist about that? You know, and as I said, the description of a BE company is a is a is a. Even black, if we say you are a black company, we mean you are 51% black. So what is racist about that when 49% is white? So I really think that uh, uh, people that say BE is racist are racist themselves who want to exclude black people uh, in this structured arrangement. This is a structured arrangement to ensure that we restructure the economy so that there is full participation. So they're actually resisting against that and they are rubbishing it and stigmatizing it so that this thing is taken off the uh, the radar and they will not succeed, trust me. They will not succeed in doing this. BEE uh, is going to continue. Employment equity is going to continue. It's going to be an election issue. All of us that uh, continuously vote ANC are voting for broad-based BEE are voting for employment equity, and that will continue. When when does it end for you? I think, for instance, that's a very good point. Where Let's start with employment equity. Where does it end? I think employment equity should not be a perpetual crutch. 
employment equity is a corrective action. It must start and it must stop. It must stop when we've reached economic uh, active population of the various groups, like we have right now with white women, like we have right now with Indians. If you ask me, Indians and white women have overshot their targets in terms of uh, equitable representation right through to the top. So they actually should be the first group to now get off the, 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 the designated group so that we can then focus on the Africans and the colors. These are the people that should now benefit uh, if you like, exclusively uh, uh, on this thing, to be able to to change and to level the playing field. Otherwise, it's going to be perpetual crutch for nothing. All right, we got We have to end it there, unfortunately. Mzonele, I think we could speak to you for hours. Um, it's been it's been fascinating hearing from you, and thank you so much for joining us today on Cliff Central. Sure. Um, that is Mzonele Jimmy Mani. I have to do this, Mr. Mzonele Jimmy <laughs> Mani. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rory. Very quickly, where does that leave us? What are you feeling right now? Yeah, man, it's it. That was quite informative. Um, I think what stuck out for me was this thing around: look, BE is not hundred percent black ownership. It's actually forty nine percent white ownership and and fifty one percent black ownership. So what are we complaining about, essentially? Um, and I think what we need to do is ask ourselves: so what are we going to do about it? You know, I still have questions to this day. If I see a company that is hundred percent owned by white people, young white people, you mean number one, you don't have black friends? Number two, your circles do not include people because it's not just a matter of BE. It's also just diversity of opinion, diversity of views that that just enriches your business. So in my sense, in my view, I think um, that debunks it. And it would be nice to have the Institute of Race Relations here to defend themselves. I I, I do. I I really like what uh, Mr. Manu was saying about the seven pillars. But I do think that we are falling short of the the masses and supporting them mm. through this BE program. I think employee share scheme was a huge miss. Um, back in the day, uh, TBWA, a big advertising agency here, had a huge black walkout because what TBWA did was they were like, they need a black partner. So they brought in a BE partner when there were black people sitting there and who could have been equitable shareholders in this. So... I'm not sure we've answered all the questions, but check out the podcast, www.cliffcentral.com. Check out what Mzwanele, Jimmy Mani, has to say about BE. Let us know your thoughts on Twitter, Facebook, and WeChat. Hey, that's it, man. Aluta continue, my friend. Aluta continue. The struggle continues. Mr. Jimmy Mzwanele Mani. Change the world. Central.com